The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. One morning, um, I made the discovery that my worst fear had come true. And that started a journey of um, me having to accept a reality that I did not want to be my life. Best-selling author Lisa Turkers shares her own earth-shattering moment and how a loving God remains faithful in restoring her marriage. Next on Life Today. great guest. Uh, we don't have anything but great guests. <laughs> Sometimes there's somebody that's so popular. Lisa Turkhurst. And uh, it's kind of a miracle that she's here. It's not like she tried to die. <laughs> it's just that she had a pretty good shot at it. And uh, she wasn't supposed to have a marriage that was troubled and attacked, seriously. But I gotta say that I don't think there are very many of you watching television right now and watching this program and in this studio who probably went through more, let's say, awful assault, attack on health, relationships, marriage, family, future, joy, peace, then came at her. It, it, the book cover is not supposed to be this way and she's upside down. It's just simply not supposed to be this way. Would you say we're so glad to have you, Lisa? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Just take us on the journey because as it is in process, a journey of healing, uh, there's a lot of folks need to be healed. There are a lot of hurting people. I agree. And um, um, my husband, Art, has read every word of this book um, and had the opportunity to edit anything that he wanted to edit. And um, he made very few edits in the book. Um, and I was so thankful that uh, even in some of his hard seasons, he wanted God to be able to intervene and use some parts, maybe all parts of this for good. And he didn't lose that perspective um, when I was writing the book and I was thankful. Uh, some parts of this story are mine to tell and some parts are his. And my prayer is one day he'll be a guest on your show and he'll get to share his story. But my story started at um, one morning um, when I made the discovery that my worst fear had come true. And chapter one of the book talks about my hands shaking and trembling. And um, I dialed a phone number 
that I dialed hundreds, maybe thousands of times, one of my very best friends. And um, the minute she, first of all, saw that I was calling at 5.34 a.m., she knew that you never get a good phone call at 5.34 a.m. And if it is a good phone call, you ask them to call you back at a more reasonable hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the minute that she picked up the phone, uh, she recognized my number and, and she said, what's wrong? And that started a journey of um, me having to accept a reality that I did not want to be my life. And, uh, you know, when our circumstances are broken and they get put in the potter's hands, you know, he can make something new from it. Well, you know, I've always heard that amazing Christian story, like if your life gets broken, you can take the broken pieces and God can put them back together and then his light shines through your brokenness and then we all sing Kumbaya and it's just a <laughs> lovely Christian story, right? But what do you do when you look around and there aren't broken pieces. What do you do when you look around and life has gotten so shattered, there's nothing but dust? Well, here's the hope. We serve a God who happens to like dust. As a matter of fact, I think <laughs> dust is one of his favorite ingredients because <laughs> it's from the dust of the yes. earth that he chose to make his favorite creation, man. And then when Jesus walked the, the dusty roads of this earth and a blind man needed to be healed. He took his saliva and mixed it with the dust of the earth and made mud and healed the blind man's eyes. And dust, when mixed with living water, can become clay. And clay, when placed in the potter's hands, we know from Jeremiah and Isaiah that clay, when placed in the potter's hands, can be made into anything bigger and better and stronger than it ever was before. And so the great hope of this story, of the teaching that I'm doing in this book, is that dust does not signify an end. Dust is often what must be present for the brand new to begin. That's good. And yeah. I, yeah. And I have to say though, I still find myself resisting that this is my story because I never wanted this to be my story. As a matter of fact, do y'all ever make deals with God? You know, I mean, you guys are like grown past that. Like, but when you're young in your faith, like me, I still try to make deals with God. And, and I, I've learned this lesson over and over and over, but you know, God, like, I will serve you. I will love you. Just don't let this be part of my story, right? Don't give me this test as part of my testimony. And I think if we're all honest, sometimes we have those parameters we like to give God. Like, God, you can mess with a lot, but not this. This you need to bless. But like that you can mess with, but this right here you need to bless, right? Yeah. And, um, and my marriage was one of those things, you know. I begged God. Uh, don't ever let that be part of my story. It was my greatest fear. It was my greatest fear. And um, it was also the most unexpected shock of my entire life. I never, ever, ever thought that um, this would happen to our marriage. I didn't. But um, so I still find myself resisting the story sometimes. But probably the biggest lesson that I've learned walking through my greatest fear 
and um, and I'm not all the way through it yet. You know, we're working really hard on a path of restoration. But um, probably the greatest thing that I've learned is that I am entirely too attached to outcomes of my own design. And I, when something bad happens to me, I like to take the pen of life and write out the good outcome that a good God should surely create for me, right? And it's, it, and, and I think one of the, the places where our faith and our feelings can sometimes come in conflict is that we serve a good God, we do, but we do serve a good God who allows hurt. And that point right there is like, oh, that is where things for me got really complicated. How could a good God allow, not cause, but allow some of these really hard, hurtful things? But for me, um, I have to understand that God always has the good outcome in mind, even if that outcome is not what I feel it should be or the timing that I feel it should be done in. And so that for me has been one of the biggest lessons. You know, my husband is at home right now um, praying for you guys, praying for you, um, praying for everyone that's going to be hearing this show. And, um, and that is miraculous. But I have to say, not one of those strategies that I presented to God, not one thing I tried to control or manipulate or fix or, or all the suggestions that I made to God, not one of those ever came to pass because God had a good plan in mind. And if we can learn that, if we can start to process through a different kind of trust, instead of hanging our hope on the outcome of our own design, just simply placing our trust that God acknowledges what we're going through, but at the same time, He has a good that He will accomplish, that not even the evil one can thwart. All things work together for good. Mm -hmm. They're not good but they work together for good of those who love God or are called according to His purpose, and that's a fact. It doesn't ever seem to work on our timetable. Right. The pattern and the flow doesn't work the way we were designed. But it's amazing that uh, you faced everyone's worst nightmare. Then physically, your world blew up. Uh-huh. Your body blew up. Uh-huh. Tell us what happens. Well, um, I also started to see a Christian counselor when, um, when my world started to implode, my marriage was imploding. And, um, and so I remember my counselor saying, Lisa, if you don't learn to process this, um, in a healthy way, you've got to get this angst and this, um, hurt and this pain, you got to get it out because if you don't, your body will keep the score. And six months into this journey, I woke up one morning and um, I was in more physical pain than I'd ever been in in my life. I stepped out of my bed, I collapsed um, to the floor, I was screaming in pain, um, and my family rushed me to the hospital. And, um, 
I was laying in a hospital bed, literally begging God, if you love me, take this pain away. And uh, the pain was so intense, they admitted me to the hospital. They started running tests. They could not figure out what was wrong with me. And the only reason they kept me at the hospital was because I was in so much pain. They wound up putting me on a morphine pump, and even that didn't take away the pain. So I laid there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, you know, I never knew how painful 60 seconds can be much less 24 hours plus 24 hours plus 24 hours. It was excruciating. Finally, on Friday morning, a surgeon came to that hospital and ran one last test uh, on me and came in my hospital room dressed in scrubs and said, we have to rush you into emergency surgery and we're gonna have to remove most of your colon because your colon has ripped away from the abdominal wall. It has twisted inside of you and cut off the blood flow. Mm. And um, if we don't take you into surgery, you're gonna die. Mm. And he said, you know what? Uh, it's pretty miraculous that they never were able to take away your pain because had they taken away your pain, you would have gone home, your colon would have ruptured and you wouldn't be with us mm. today. Mm. And so then I had a totally different view of God. You know, and, and whether you're going through physical pain today or emotional pain, I know you've begged God to take the pain away, but God loves us too much to take our pain away at any other time than the right time and in any other way than the right way. God loves us too much to answer any of our prayers at any other time than the right time and in any other way than the right way. And you know, when I was laying there in so much pain, I started to have this wacky view of God, like maybe God got busy. Maybe he really doesn't <laughs> care as much about me. Mm. Maybe he's just like, well, this is what it means to live on a sin-soaked earth. Our God is never, he does not speak to us that way. He speaks to us in a symphony of compassion and mercy. And when I finally understood God loved me too much to take that pain away, because had he done that, I would have died. So now I have a completely different view of God. I think God was right there with me and it took every bit of holy restraint he had to hold back and not take that pain away because again, he had a good plan for me to live. And so whether you're going through emotional pain, physical pain, um, pain that you feel like you can't endure for another minute or another day, trust the Lord's timing. He is doing something. And I pray you can recall my story and find hope for yours. Let me tell you what I, I pray you'll do. I pray you, you go online or go to the bookstores and get the book. Because, you, you know, it's not supposed to be this way. That That's what our mind is saying. And yet in the process, a lot of times God's taking us to a place greater and higher than we could have ever even imagined. But Lisa has an incredible gift from God, not only to communicate. And you can see the awe of her countenance. There's a, there's a glory and a peace there. Now, yeah, you know, she's got a, a marriage that was being torn apart. Her body's been torn apart. Then the cancer diagnosis comes. So this, this, you're just getting a little bit of the story. Matter of fact, we're going to keep talking uh, to Lisa. We're going to continue. You're going to hear on another program, and we're actually going to ask Sheila Walsh to come back and sit with her, and we're going to talk together because Sheila's written a book. Uh, it's okay not to be okay. Because let me tell you something, a lot of ladies watch the program 
And, and I'm really glad. I'm glad a lot of men and couples watching. I'm grateful for all of you. But a lot of ladies are watching because you happen to be at home when many times the show does air different times all through the day, but many at home. And a lot of you, you feel very alone. And, and you know, you don't have somebody to join you in prayer and to really care. But that's really why we're here. That's why Life Today is here. That's why the prayer line is here. Because we got serious people who will love you and pray with you because we love you. So we're going to continue to talk to her in another program. But we want you to know God is, is wanting to put his arms around you and hold you real close and begin a miraculous healing process. I want to pray for you, Father, for every person right now in some way that it might not come across our mind. But in some way, they've identified with something that Lisa shared. God, please make your presence known. Let them know how much you love them, what they do not understand. You will work for good if they will just simply willingly say, I really am dust in your hands brokenness in your hands. God, I just, I, I want you to, to work your miracle in my life, not according to my design, but according to your will. And Lord, I want you to hold them real close, real close. L listen to me. I wish I had your hand right now. I wish I could look in your eyes and tell you how special you are to God. You are and don't hesitate to call that number and say, would, would you pray with me because someone who loves you will pray with you. Could I ask all of you here in the audience, would you like to just say, Lisa, and to her family, her husband, thank you for being willing to share your heart and your brokenness with us. And, and the book, it's not supposed to be this way. You can get it online, get it in the bookstores. And I hope you'll get it. And by the way, we'll send it to you. You know, Lisa, what we do, and, and I know you know, we love to help the people that are overlooked. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to help people. When Peter Pretorius book, Death Defying Faith, he's in heaven now. I feel like he left a little early. He's uh, only a year younger than I am. And uh, we want to send you this book. But I want you to, I want you to join the faith of this man that changed our lives and has saved millions and millions of lives because we joined together. I want you to, to watch very closely. Now, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look and say, God, let me see what you see. Let me do what you want for your glory. Watch. Another sunrise in Angola, getting ready for a long week in the bush. As Randy Robison and the mission team travel deeper into remote areas, thoughts come to mind about what lies ahead in the next few days. When we come into an area like this, we come in here and the first thing we heard was singing. Why? because of this. This is the Mission Feeding Program in action. And we are putting a smile on their faces. 
There you go, let's see that one. As the mission team travels further, they enter villages where there is no joy, no singing, because they don't have a feeding program. Crops have failed because of drought, and mothers are struggling to just keep their children alive. This is Cecilia. She just buried her four-year-old son, Pedro. Unfortunately, that's not uncommon around here. Just in the two days we've been here, we've seen five deaths. Things turned from bad to worse as the team made their way to a malnutrition clinic, a day Randy will never forget. He arrived at the sound of mothers wailing over the loss of their children who had just died. What do you do? What do you say to a, a mother who's just lost a child? I, I can't imagine. All I could do is hold her hand and pray. Just pray that God would comfort her. Angola has one of the highest mortality rates in the world for children under the age of five due to the effects of malnutrition. Graves like these echo the heartache of countless families devastated by this silent killer. They have dug these graves because they know they are expecting death. But I am expecting life because I know that mission feeding saves lives. We can stop all of this death by putting food into a bowl. You know, our children have been to the mission fields. Grandchildren have been there. And every time they say it changes their lives. Betty, when you watch, of course, you see our son there. You've watched our family. You've seen how it has impacted their lives. But when you see the need and the heartache and then you know what feeding does, what, what's going on in your mind? You know, as I was watching that, and I, I saw the smiles on their faces whenever they got their bowls with some food in it. It wasn't a, a frown because that's not what I wanted. I wanted a hamburger. I wanted something different. They were so grateful just to have some something to feed the children, something to give them. And those children were smiling like they'd had a steak put before them or anything, just what we would consider gourmet or something like that. No, it was just a bowl of nutritious porridge, James, mm -hmm. that would help them, help them to survive, help them to live, help those mothers not have to bury their babies. What a difference we can make. We have made that difference before, but here's another need, and I know you're gonna step up and you're gonna join with us. Let's put some food in the bowls for those children. Let's look for the smiles. You know, as you were trying to describe it, it is a porridge. It's almost like an oatmeal base, mm -hmm. but in each area, the scientists and nutritionists work with our missionaries and they analyze the nutritional needs in that particular area, that region, for what is lacking. And then they mix it in to the nutritious mix. Our mix is so effective that the United Nations asked us if we would make food for them, the UN did. Uh, USAID asked us, can you, we can't. We can't keep up with what we've got our hands on. But it is so effective, and it's effective because of the love of God flowing through these missionaries. And then the very fact that we can do it and continue it is because viewers of life today, and this was the shocking thing. I mean, Peter Pretorius said, if you could just get us some help so we could stay here and do the work. And when I came home and I asked, I had no idea nearly 30 years ago what you would do. 
But what you have done is you're now approaching 15 million lives saved by the feeding program alone. Not even counting all of the well drilling and all the beautiful water wells, over 6,000 of those. You have reached out in love and worked miracles. Would you right now take your bank card, please? Go get it. Go online, the website, or dial that number. And would you make the best gift you can, $30, $50, or $100? We can feed three, five, or ten children for the next months. If there's any way you could help us feed ten, please do. 400000 is a lot of kids. And we have a limited time in which to raise the money to cover these months. Would you please, would you right now get that card? Would you make the gift? Or if you want to send a check in, make it to life. But please call us and tell us you're sending it. Would you do that? We have some gifts to send you. Peter Pretorius' wonderful life story. Some beautiful, beautiful pens that you will love. And also the wonderful painting by Thomas Kincaid. Please follow the leadership of God and reach out and touch someone with his love. Please do it. Thank you so much. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great. And without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. Through Life's Mission Feeding Outreach, you can save lives by feeding and caring for children currently suffering in parts of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Death-Defying Faith, The Extraordinary Life of Miracle Man Peter Pretorius. This autobiography, completed just days before his unexpected death, chronicles the thrill-seeking adventures of missionary Peter Pretorius. You will love reading how God took this ordinary man and performed extraordinary miracles throughout all of Africa. With your gift of $100 or more, request the beautiful Faith and Hope pen set, two beautifully crafted pens featuring the key words of Hebrews 11.1, 1, a key verse for every believer, especially when facing adversity, trials, and challenges. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I want you to know we're going to continue to talk to this beautiful, precious gift from God, Lisa Turkhurst. She's uh, indescribable. Fabulous book. We are sending for any gift to help the kids and to get the food. We're sending Peter Pretorius' book, Death, Defying Faith. What a journey. But if you say, James, would you mind sending me that book? I help feed these kids. You better believe it. Just ask for it. It is in the stores. Tell your friends about it. Would you join us just saying thanks to Lisa? She's going to be back for another program. She'll be back with us. Sheila, Sheila Walsh is going to join her. Don't miss it. Lisa and Sheila, okay? Oh, you can't hear.
45 minutes later, I stepped on a 60-pound mine, blew me several feet into the air. Sergeant Tim Lee, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.